This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Here we go again, folks, letting you know about programming notes on AMI-audio. Please catch the pulse this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 10.30. Uh, founder and chair of Asahe Community Foundation for uh, Black Canadians with Disabilities. Now, this is all about the advocacy aspect of being black and disabled in Canada. That's the pulse this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time on AMI-audio. Also available on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Kelly McDonald here as we begin the second hour. It's Kelly and... Ramia Amadin. And we're going to be talking... Was I, uh, was I a little slow on that today? Yeah. Sorry. It's all good. Yeah, probably should have done... I should have done that right off the top, Yeah, right? it's, no, it's okay. Sometimes we follow yeah. instructions, sometimes we don't. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we, we kind of are out there, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll hear about it after the show. Um, Old habits. <laughs> lots of art talk in this hour of the show. And first of all, we're going to get to know about the um, Oakville Festival of Film and Arts, and OFFA, and the Zunta Club of Oakville because they are presenting together an inspirational and entertaining evening celebrating powerful female change makers. And this is, of course, to celebrate and recognize International Women's Day. And to learn more about this evening, we bring on OFFA um, executive director and programmer, Wendy Donnan. Wendy, thank you for coming back on Kelly and Ramia. Hey, Kelly and Ramia, how are you doing? Doing very well. Thank you for joining us, and I'm really excited about this, so let's get into it. First of all, just to get the, the quick details um, in, where and when is the event taking place, and what can visitors experience throughout the night? All right. Well, we are actually having the event this evening. Uh, so it starts off at 6.15. We have a silent auction, and uh, Ava Pasosny is actually playing an electric violin in the lobby to introduce our guests uh, they'll come into the theater uh, there are vip seating where you have uh, meals uh, you bid on these silent auction items and all of the proceeds from the silent auction plus partial proceeds from the event go to shifra homes in oakville and of course shifra homes uh, is this incredible organization that supports uh, young females young pregnant females and their young babies uh, that have nowhere to go. So it's a really important cause and a really important evening, I think. Yes. Wow. I love it. I love it. And, and especially when you talk, the silent auction, can you just address that a little bit, Wendy, before we get into everything else? Because I'm not sure we've really talked a lot when we've had you on uh, this program before uh, about some of the causes, how you guys, where that money goes to, and it's just, is it operational for, for the next night we look at empowerment and, and saluting or, you know, is it is it situations like what you were just highlighting? Yeah, um, we OFA is an organization, and the Zonta Club of Oakville are very supportive of female-led organizations and organizations in our community that are helping women. Um, so these are women from diverse communities across the city. They're women, um, you know, they're in situations like uh, with um, with Shiffer Homes. These are pregnant females that have nowhere to go. Uh, so Sheffer Homes is an amazing organization. They give people access to a home. They help them to have their babies. They provide them with the love and the care that they need. And then after the babies are born, they don't go away. They help with supports. They help them get jobs. They help them go back to school. And they help the babies. They help the babies so that the mothers can raise the babies to be really strong and resilient uh, human beings. So these organizations are absolutely integral to OFA, but also to our partner, the Zonta Club of Oakville. So the Zonta Club of Oakville has also been um, a giving circle organization that's been supporting a lot of these um, organizations in our community alongside OFA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously these causes are very, very significant. I think in the time that we're living in um, and the, the places and the populations and uh, especially the kinds of help that women need, right? Women of um, of all kinds need and, and 
you're really addressing a lot of this. Can you tell us, Wendy, about the screening and uh, the story tonight? Absolutely. Um, just to kind of go back into International Women's Day, International mm -hmm. Women's Day is actually March 8th. It's a yes. global day celebrating social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. So the day also marks a call for um, accelerating women's equality globally. Uh, so the screening that we've chosen for this evening, uh, it's an Australian film. Um, it's called Blueback. We have the regional premiere of Blueback, and it's an exceptional, critically acclaimed Australian film. The director and producer and co-writer Robert Connolly um, has created this film from an award-winning book by one of Australia's uh, top writers. And basically, um, what we really love about this film, Blueback, is the mother-daughter story, uh, is the power of the mother-daughter relationship, is the bonding that happens with that. And the fact that the uh, director and, and uh, co-writer is a male uh, director, but it's a male writer mm -hmm. that changed the story to make sure it's focused on a really female-centric storyline. And he consulted with his daughters and his mother in, in a huge way. And we have this amazing Q&A that talks about his creative process. So Blueback is about gender equality. It's also about how women, uh, you know, mothers and daughters, absolutely, but just women are making change around the world and the immense importance of women, for example, uh, in considering things, situations like conservation. So this particular film focuses on uh, conservation in the oceans. Uh, it has a... Um, a family-friendly aspect to it. It's got a fish, a grouper fish, that becomes friends with the mother and daughter. And then the two of them have this fight to actually preserve the environment around them, to preserve their home. And also um, for Abby, the daughter, it's also um, helping her mother who becomes, uh, has a stroke and actually is unwell. So her, the mother, um, Dora, she actually raises Abby to be the strongest and most resilient young woman. And I think the importance of that is just, you know, telling women that, you know, you have your children to raise, but this is the kind of children you can raise. And this is the kind of change you can make in the world. Mm -hmm. And I love this film. It's just amazing. Mm. What I'm anxious for is in that Q&A you mentioned, as well as the film, of course, sounds absolutely fantastic. But I wonder how much acknowledgement for the writer, the director of the fact of saying, I don't understand that bond, that relationship. I don't know a lot about it. I'm a male. I want to understand. And that needs to come out in this story. I'm anxious for those kinds of questions that I'm sure men and women um, taking in the show will, will have for them, Wendy. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, what I loved about this. I had actually uh, seen this film at the Toronto Film Festival and I met the director. And when I was speaking to the director, and he was talking to me about the film and how important the women were in it for him and how important his daughters and wife were to his creative process and to making a film that, you know, with authentic representation of women. Mm -hmm. I was told, you know, this was the film for this event. And it's a film that's inspirational. It's educational, you know, with all the issues related to conservation, but also preservation. Uh, this is a film that really addresses those issues in a really major way. And also just the aspect of the friendship between uh, the groper fish and uh, Abby, the daughter. It's just so heartwarming and it's just everyone's just going to really love it. And I can't wait for people to see it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When we emerged, well, when we spoke to you during the pandemic, as we've emerging from the pandemic, Wendy, then you, you get asked this question all the time. Why is an event like this so important? What, what is the key poignant things that people should remember? And why today? And I feel today is a great day to ask you that because there's been so much cosmic shift in the last few years in so many different areas, whether it's Indigenous stories, we say this in the disability community, and we know from our conversations with people like yourself um, in, in the community out there and women's rights, women's viewpoints, women, women's contributions um, that, that people can't just ignore or sweep under carpets now. So tell us a little bit of, as to how important this event really is today. This event is extremely important because, um, first of all, it's live. 
Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. we're, we're, <laughs> we're back from COVID and we're live again and everybody gets to see each other. We get to talk to each other. We get to celebrate women. We get to celebrate diversity and we, we get to embrace equity as well. Um, and I really believe that, you know, by being live and being together, we have more impact, you know, as a community, as an event. During COVID, um, OFA had, this is our third International Women's Day event. And you've, I've talked to you for my my other two. And I there was a virtual aspect to both of those. And it's just not quite the same, is it? I mean, when we're all together in a theater, and I think this goes back as much to, you know, the viability and the importance of the theater uh, to film screenings, the theater to filmmakers, the theater to female filmmakers, the directors, to anybody that wants to get their word out and actually be part of the message. And I think you really, uh, to do these live events, it, it's just like to be able to talk to people again, to be able to um, be in the theater with people to discuss film, as opposed to, you know, trying to do virtual Q and A's, which we did while we, you know, we had no other choice. We we want to keep some aspect of that, but I'm just so exciting. Uh, and just exciting to have events that are focused on women-centric storylines. Um, so I think with this, with this particular event and with all the women that are participating, all the men, everybody really wants to celebrate. Uh, yes. We also want to shine a light on embracing equity in the film industry. And I think this event and everything we do for um, International Women's Day does that. That's, you know, that's part of what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're very proud of that. And so is the Zonta Club of Oakville. Uh, between the two of us, we partnered on this event. We partnered on a couple of other events, but they're just amazing to work with. And it's incredible what a group of great women can do together, you know, and what they can do for the community and what they can do for each other. Well, we appreciate your time coming to talk about this event. All the best tonight, and thank you so much. And we'll definitely have you back on uh, to talk more because this is fantastic, you know, the context and conversations that you've brought up, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you very much, and we'll see you again soon. Yes, we will. We were speaking with Offa Executive Director and Programmer Wendy Dunnan about the film screening and charity event in honor of International Women's Day happening tonight. You bet. Wow. Well, coming up next and still happening on our program, we speak with certified financial planner Ryan Chin about loans. Why do we need them and what are our options? He fills us in. Stick around, folks. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Hang on, folks. We still got a lot more show ahead. Kelly and Ramya with you on your Wednesday as we walk through the program. You all settled in there? You uh, had chai tea <laughs> and are uh, falling asleep on us. Oh, not not exactly. Just uh, feeling right. a little more cozy is all. That's kind of nice. Though, I haven't fallen studio, asleep right? yet. You ever built a studio? That's what you get caught in. Like, how comfortable do you want it to be? You can't be too comfortable. you want comfortable. it to be? No, you because you want people warm, sitting up. Yeah. If it's too warm and you're, you know, wearing comfortable, like I was wearing a nice... Uh, I don't know, like a sweater with kind of an overflow neck. It was just, it's just very cozy for me today. Yeah, I always think that the best studio is the most uncomfortable, right? But most you need people to be able to sit for a little while, right? And you yeah. don't want to make somebody like, oh, my back's terrible from whenever I'm doing this. You, you don't want that, but you know Temperature don't want... lighting, yeah, it all makes a difference. Yeah, wow. And temperature, I think, is the biggest. Mm-hmm. Right, because you want to be comfortable depending what you're wearing. You don't want to sweat. You don't want to, you know, be too cold. Have that air conditioning. It's, oh my goodness. Oh, However, yeah. the air conditioning is the key to keep people awake. Sometimes too much AC puts me to sleep too. It's like cold. You yeah. just want to curl up and. Yeah, I can't deny that one. 
Hmm. We're just well, maybe our next to guest taste. has some. Well, maybe our next guest has some thoughts on it because I'm sure with the great work that he's doing. But there's those moments where you spend so much time at a desk that can be a little uncomfortable too. And if it's warm or if it's too cold, maybe he's snoozing too. Uh, it's time to shine a light on finance with Ryan Bradley Chin, certified financial planner at Sun Life Financial. Hello, it's Ryan Chin. I'm a certified financial planner. Listen in as I talk money with Kelly and Ramya, where we will explore the world of finance. From navigating RDSV savings to retirement planning, I'll help you design a roadmap for tomorrow. Well, RBC, welcome back to the program today. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks so much. Did people commonly um, refer to you as RBC, right? Not generally, oh, not okay. generally, but yes. hey, I'll take, wow. it. I'll heard take it. it. Finance, <laughs> it kind of has that ring to it. You don't want to be affiliated with a, <laughs> too many brands, though. Exactly. Well, hey, I was people leaning on that confused. comfy conversation you guys were having. Know. You know, I like to keep my office a little cool. It kept keeps people off off uh, off the napping, and it kind of keeps them. You know, oh, I guess I got to move around. Well, money makes people uncomfortable already, so it really is. Yeah. It's lending itself nicely. Aye, aye, well, he aye. wants them to think clearly too. So, come on, man, let's think about things as we're we're making financial decisions. Ryan, today we have you in to talk a little bit about loans, and in its basic terms, what exactly is a loan? Yeah, hey, you know what? A loan is a credit agreement between two parties. One party gives one gives the other party a sum of money. Now, there's an agreed repayment schedule. They want that money back. More importantly, there's a cost to the borrower to get that, you know, to have the privilege of borrowing that money. And uh, you know what? If that money doesn't come back across, well, there's also an agreement on how, you know, what's going to happen if it doesn't get paid. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a penalty, sometimes some goons show up the door, you know, uh, it, it could be a, def a bunch of different options. Got it. Okay. Are there different types of loans? I think as you're kind of telling us the basics of it, we're thinking of some we already are aware of, but what are the different types? Yeah, I mean, you know, in its very simplest forms, there are secured loans and then there are unsecured loans. We know that a secured loan has to be secured with some style of collateral. So like, you know, you want to, you want to, you know, we want to purchase something. Well, if it's secured by your home, that would be a secured loan. An unsecured loan, this is a type of loan that doesn't have a, a, a piece of collateral tied to it. And generally, um, the lender says, okay, well, we're going to loan this money to you. It's unsecured. So we need to make sure we put some fail safes in place to get, you know, that we know we're going to be able to get it back. Now, there's some rules around um, what, you know, if, if you don't pay it back, they can uh, subpoena, you know, go to the go to the court system and, and uh, take some money right from, you know, garnish your wages and things like that. They can also, uh, you know, they tend to charge a little bit more for unsecured loans because there's a little more risk on the side of right. the lender. I would imagine it tougher um, depending on whether you need to file action, um, you know, if you've agreed, hey, man, you know, put a lien on your house or whatever for this loan versus we have to go after your pay. Um, yeah. Which one is harder to navigate in the long run? And, and I'm assuming w when you have to do the chasing in that capacity, go in through the, the legal course. capacity, I mean, I'll yeah. tell you, uh, you know, um, I, I'm not on that banking side of things, right. uh, but when we think about, um, you know, what we, you know, having a secured loan, those are a little less, um, I'll say popular, not not popular, it's not the right term, but common because uh, that those are fairly, fairly specific. You got to have a home or a, or, a, or a piece of property or some tangible item that you're going to secure that loan with. Um, unsecured, 
very common. Lots of people, you know, a line of credit is typically, unless it's locked to the to the value of your home, mm-hmm. line of credits are generally unsecured. Or if you're going to borrow some money for, you know, credit cards, it's a little unsecured there. There's no, uh, mm-hmm. there, you know, nothing locking that in. Right. Uh, how about when you talk about who's on the hook for the loan repayment, right? Commercial and personal. Can you go through that? Yeah, I mean, once we start to drill down into commercial versus personal loans, like commercial loans would be any business loan. If you've got a corporation and you want to borrow some money, um, you know, those are could be in the hundreds of millions. It could just be, you know, uh, $20,000 you want to buy a vehicle for your corporation. You know, uh, that's a very low cost vehicle. But, um, you know, uh, uh, whereas a personal loan, you're on the hook. The commercial loan, you know, you're you're borrowing it through your corporation. The corporation typically would be the first uh, uh, line of defense. Uh, they're on the hook. Whereas the personal loan, again, yeah, absolutely, it's on you. You're the one that needs to pay it off. You've signed the agreement. They're going to knock at your door. Okay. So when do you have to pay back the loan? Yeah, that's a great question. Now, um, true. Truly, what we have to do is we have to think, you know, when, when we're going out to get these loans, there are a couple types of loans uh, when, when, when we look at them. Uh, we've got fixed rate and we've got uh, open-ended periods. Now, a fixed rate loan are generally, th- those terms are, are explained to you up front. You know what they are. You know, uh, j- I'll use a very simple one like a mortgage. A mortgage is, is, is a fixed period payment. Uh, If someone goes and borrows money to purchase a car and they finance a car, again, fixed payment, you know, five-year term or a 25-year term. Uh, And those are very prescribed. Those rate, those um, terms are in place. You know how much you're going to pay, whether you're paying monthly, weekly, uh, annually, whatever. Um, Whereas the open-ended, those don't have fixed rates. However, you do need to determine a a schedule. You need to have some type of schedule. So the lender knows that there's some money coming back. Again, I'll go back to sort of that line of credit. Um, They're they're going to expect to see some money coming back in uh, to Mm -hmm. make sure that you're going to service the debt. So when you look at that, and, and again, we go back to people having that argument when it's not open ended, you've got you're on a fixed schedule. Away you go, five years. So if you come into some money and want to pay up ahead of time, you're still in a lot of cases paying the same as if you took the five years. As, and and there's not necessarily. I'm not saying it never happens or there isn't. Yeah, it, it, you're not necessarily. I don't want to say coming out ahead, but saving yourself money. Because it's already well, fixed. Is it that depends. right? I mean, um, in terms of fixed rate um, payment periods, what they typically do is they allow you a, a portion of money that you can pay towards that principal every year. And uh, and I speak more towards a mortgage and some of the other um, uh, 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 fixed rate um, terms will have a period of, uh, uh, sorry, a portion of, of the principal that you can pay towards every single year without sort of impacting that long-term, you know, having a penalty uh, because, because you know, when these loan companies, or I'll say lending institutions lend you money, they're doing that because they want to earn money. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, if you pay it off too quickly, well, they're not earning the money that they were expecting. So sometimes they put a small penalty in place to, you know, try to recoup some of those losses. Um but as you know, you know you can pay towards that principal, get that loan off your debt, off off your books as quickly as possible. It's absolutely always advantageous. There's many of these kind of very short term, uh, short term, quick approval loans now available. Like Flexity is an example I can think of, where you know you're purchasing something and they say, yeah, for six months no interest, but to borrow this money you have to pay you know sixty dollars up front or a hundred dollars up front or whatever depending on the time frame you want to fix your loan repayment to uh is quite interesting very different from you know credit cards and lines of credit right 
And, and you do yeah. need to be careful with those. I will caution you on those because if you don't have that money at mm -hmm. the six month, there's usually a balloon interest rate at the end there. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I would be caution uh, cautionary on those types of loans. Absolutely. All right, right. Uh, if you're thinking about the cost of borrowing this money, what are some of these things that, you know, you've pointed out some already, but us as consumers should be considering? Yeah, and again, this is the variable variable versus a fixed rate um, type of interest rate. Interest rates, the word of the the you know millennia, I guess we're all talking about these increased interest rates. Well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, having a fixed interest rate is wonderful because it's 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 crystallized for the period of the loan during that during the term of uh, however long that loan is in place. Whereas a variable interest rate, it is it it is variable based on the prime rate, and you know. Many folks right now are feeling a bit of the pinch when they've got a variable variable rate interest um, because we've experienced, you know, about five, six interest rate hikes over the last year, which has bumped up their variable rate interest. Certainly something you want to be aware of before you uh, lock into a loan is that sort of variable versus fixed. And the other item is, you know, really paying attention to and and I'll lean back on your your comment about the you know that uh, uh borrowing that money with you know hey pay a little bit of money no interest for for 6 months and then all of a sudden uh that balloon cut look at the terms the terms uh of the loan is extremely important you got to do your research understand what it is that you're committing yourself to and really understanding what are the penalties at the other end if I'm not able to pay that back. I got 30 seconds. Anything else you think we should know? Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to understand the print, uh, what principle means. The principle is what you need, what the money that you're borrowing. The obviously the interest rate is how much you're going to be paying. Um, you've got to understand what default means. If you default on a loan, that means you're not able to pay, and the way that's what they're going to come for you if you're defaulting. And uh, before you get a loan. Do your research. If you need financial assistance, absolutely. There are lots of resources out there to help. Well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Incredible advice as usual. We'll talk to you next month. Thank you so much. Uh, you folks can check out Ryan Chin and Becky Armstrong on Eyes on Your Money, the AMI original podcast that's out there as well. If you want to reach Ryan, you may have some questions for him. Uh, send an email to uh, Ryan dot chin at sunlife.com up next there's an audio described performance that the to live is offering we're going to get the details nathan our good friend joins us next right here on kelly and rumya it's fun insightful and inclusive kelly and rumya return in a minute Welcome back to the program. I always loved when I'd watch Price is Right or something like that, and they'd say, hey, if you're in the Los Angeles area, check out and be a part of our live studio audience. Send a note to Beverly Boulevard, whatever, whatever, whatever. That always seemed so much fun. Well, here's your chance, ladies and gentlemen, if you live in the Calgary area, and you might be interested in being part of a television studio audience. AMI's original series, By Hook or By Cook, is filming two episodes in Calgary on March 17th, and you are invited to participate. The day includes the following. Your picture taken walking the red carpet. Refreshments. I'll say that again, just because Rumi is sleepy. <laughs> Refreshments. A meet and greet with Bruce Cook himself and other cast members, including... Now, he's not a cast member. Now, with uh, Dave Brown host, Dave Brown, who's hosting the event that day for the gang. And a gift bag valued at $75. If you want to get in on this, get some more information and, and be in that studio audience, please send an email. Info at AMI.ca, and they'll be happy to set you up. Sounds great. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan.
As I said, we're talking arts and performance more in this second hour, and there's an audio-described performance, which we love highlighting here on the show. It's being offered by T.O. Live, and we've checked in with T.O. Live uh, numerous times on the show as they bring on these fantastic audio-described opportunities. So this one is on Saturday, March 11th, and it's called Broken Chord, and we're going to learn more about it with programming coordinator for T.O. Live, and returning guest on the show, Nathan Sartori. Nathan, thank you for coming back. Hello, Ramia. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. It's always nice when guests come back. It means we haven't scared them off yet. So that's right. Appreciate it. So before we're we... that much used to you, I know they're just used to it. Hope so. Scary selves. <laughs> so Nathan, absolutely not. <laughs> before we get into the show, I'm curious about the venue that this is going to take part in, Broken Court, and if you can kind of describe uh, the location for us. Certainly, yeah. So it takes place at the Bluma Appel Theatre, which is one of two theatres in the St. Lawrence Centre for the Arts, which is right downtown Toronto near the intersections of Young Street and Front Street. That's a really awesome. nice theatre. Yes. Beautiful space. And, and we've, we've heard of such great, great productions being done in there. Um, Nathan, tell us what The Broken Chord is about. Broken Chord is a very interesting, intricate, complex, and beautiful piece of performance. Uh, it is uh, choreographed by a South African choreographer named Gregory Makoma, and he, along with four musicians and vocalists, uh, comprise of the company of Broken Chord, along with a 16-person local choir from Toronto. Um, this piece is dance, it's storytelling, it's music. Um, it really tells the story of a choir in the 1890s uh, from South Africa that was uh, asked to tour um, in England and the United States. And as it shows on your screen right now, it's an important piece of forgotten history. The history of this choir that was called the African Native Choir was lost for over a century. And they've wow. recently discovered some photographs that prompted and inspired this work. It was first brought to life in music form uh, by the composer of Broken Quorum named Tutsuka CBC. And now uh, with Gregory Makoma on board, the music stays, but now there's this beautiful piece of dance and storytelling mm. uh, to showcase the important nature of the history of this piece, but also to highlight South African culture, South African history, and the South African narrative that is so often forgotten. Right. Yes, yes. That's the area that, for me, when you sent the note to us, you know, asking, hey, guys, can we come and talk about this? There's so many things, as I read that, that, that mainly we look at the time, late 1800s. We look at the invite to tour the UK, the tour of the United States, and you stop and say, my goodness, with so much going on in the world, in the United States, in the UK at that time, but yet this choir gets invited. Um, there are so many questions one has as to, wow, they, they must have been pretty powerful. What influence they had worldwide coming out of Africa. Uh, Nathan, I think that for me, whether I should research this before or how much of this is shared within the story, maybe you can allude to right now, because that's when I stopped and said, wow, yeah, of course, the music's going to be beautiful, the dance um, and, and the description that we'll talk about in a little while. But when you think about how immense this this choir, this endeavor must have been in the, the 1890s, I'm blown away. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it was in the 1890s, so you couldn't fly uh, so these folks, of course, travel by boat, by ship, mm. um, and they're traveling really long distances all the way to the United States and, and to the United Kingdom. Because South Africa was under British rule at this time, um, you know, this piece really discusses the ideas of colonized versus colonizer. Mm. Um, right. So it does, you know, have some really, really complex and important conversations within the storytelling you will learn about the history of this choir through the piece but it's really about the broader perspective of, of um, south african history the forgotten nature of history the colonized versus colonizer the west versus the other 
It's mm-hmm. really trying to showcase that perspective um, that is, you know, so often not brought up, not discussed, is taboo. And this piece just brings it to light in a beautiful and important and breathtaking way. Even being hidden for a hundred years. Just again, and we hear about this, Nathan, with indigenous stories, with stories of, uh, I always give the example because I'm a sports fan, of the black hockey players, for example, that no one ever knew about in the late 1800s in eastern Canada. But there are so many of these stories that you say, well, like to be hidden for a hundred years. Um, the involvement of black soldiers, for example, in the wars or indigenous people or whatever it might be. Why don't we know some of these things? Why don't we know more about that that colonization, being a colony at that time? Why was like such a huge endeavor? How is it lost to us to know? Is it lack of interest or no, you just it happens. It's time to move on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Fascinating. Exactly. Yep. Oh, there's honestly seems to be so much to explore. And I have to say the language just in the description of what the Mm. the themes are that are going to be explored is very, very powerful stuff, you know, and and storytelling is um, when we talk about learning and unlearning and all of these other things that we're definitely embarking on at the moment for various communities and in our locations here in Canada, I think that um, talking about stories being hidden, stories being lost, uh, how these stories were either preserved or pushed to to come to the front. You know, as you said, the, the organic way of them just finding photographs and that spinning into this beautiful creation and collaboration, right? That in itself is so huge. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so beautifully put, Ramya. Thanks for that. So, Nathan... I'm curious, I'm more curious about the collaboration. Uh, You mentioned, you know, the creator and then the people who came on board to make this into an artistic performance of dance music uh, and storytelling. Is there anything else you want to say about that aspect, about how it came to be this version of a performance? Absolutely. So, as I mentioned, the choreographer... Uh, was friendly with the composer who at first uh, found out about this work and created a piece. And now they've brought together a company of five dancers and vocalists. You have a 16-person choir called That Choir, which is an a cappella-based choir in Toronto. Um, And these folks are coming together for the first time. Mm. Uh, For example, the choir has not met the cast yet and won't meet until a couple of days before the performance but all that to say the choir plays an incredibly important role in this piece acting as the colonizer whereas the five uh, company members coming from south africa are the colonized so you really get that perspective visually throughout the story audit auditorily um it's a beautiful piece of coming together. It's uh, just been in Vancouver and is on its way to Ottawa. Uh, and in Vancouver, it received incredibly glorious and glowing reviews. So it truly is an important piece of storytelling, an important piece of art. Um, it's extremely timely, as you said, and it deserves to be seen and shared and experienced. Mm. So Nathan, when you talk storytelling, because we always hear this now, so many of us involved with um, theater and, and poetry and storytelling itself uh, when you hear about festivals. I, do you feel that sometimes that's the best way to explain not necessarily just the journey, but for each of us as an audience member, we're going to hear what we're going to hear. We're going to see what we're going to see. And that's going to mean different things to different people. And the certain story may have more impact with you than another, but the person next to you feel another story was so poignant and drove things home to them. Have, have you felt that way or or am I kind of grasping at straws with that? Because I, I, I love when hearing no. stories, I find that's easier to consume, but I also think that it's also easier for people to interpret in their way. Absolutely. I mean, that's the beautiful um part of art, of art making, of theater, of dance, of music, is that every single person experiences it differently. And for example, this show is being presented three nights in a row. If someone were to go every night, they would experience 
something different. They would yes. have a different experience in that theater, be able to take away different stories and experiences from the work. So mm-hmm. art is beautiful because it can provide individual storytelling. It can allow folks a way in to this story that they never had before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's similar, you know, for so many stories that are that are being presented now. These are ways in for people to really understand a part of history. Mm-hmm. Especially if uh, you or your, uh, you know, generations before you have experienced part of this history, right? Either similarly or directly. I think that that leads to the interpretation as well. But underneath all this are facts and um actualities that people experience so you know with all the interpretation in mind nathan we still have is it archival footage like what are they calling it where they're presenting uh things uh, photos i'm not sure exactly what it is i'd love to get your uh, perspective on that yeah so it was just photographs that are available um so they really what these photographs mean what these Mm. photographs exhibit and bring that to life through dance and music and storytelling. Um, now, are any that's of challenging. Those, <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet oh, it is. Much so. Are any of those photographs going to be showcased uh, throughout the performance? No, they're okay. not. So it's just uh, the dance and music aspect. Uh, don't hold me to this, but I believe the photographs are in a museum in Johannesburg, South Africa. So oh, wow. if okay. you're ever there, uh, you can wow. you can take in that part of the history as well. Well, let's, since we're talking photographs, since we're talking dance, move storytelling, let's talk about the audio described performance on the evening of March 11th. That's correct. Saturday, March 11th at 8 p.m., we have the fantastic Superior Description Services providing live audio description. The audio describer that evening will be James McKenzie, who, if folks have been to a TL live audio described performance before, they will be familiar with James. Uh, he is a fantastic describer, and I am really looking forward to uh, experiencing James's description. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Mm. How about his process for this one? As you said, so much of it is as is, is is the group tours and everything, and everyone comes together for those rehearsals, but it's not like this long rehearsal process that so many productions go under. How does James work himself into this, and is it really the same process as he would any other production? Yeah, I mean, each production is slightly different, but... You know, audio description preparation is such a thorough and complex task. Um, and that's really important to to remember and very easy to forget. Uh, these folks are, are extremely uh, talented at what they do and experienced. So for Broken Chord, we were able to provide an archival video to James so that he could watch the performance as many times as he wanted. Of course, it's not the same as seeing it live, but it's a good start. Um, we have photos of the show that we can provide to the describer, um, information directly from the cast about uh, their uh, visual descriptions and how they want to be described. Um, so a lot of material and preparation really goes into this work. Mm-hmm. Live description is a, a journey unto itself <laughs> as well. Because oh, man. <laughs> talking to some <laughs> yeah. of our favorite live describers, too, and hearing about that, right? Like uh, Rebecca Singh, also part of uh, Superior Description, talks about how even if you have a script, a template, and you've come out and seen all the rehearsals and multiple times uh, throughout the, the the running of the show, every night feels different. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier yeah. about interpretation, right, Nathan? Like, you come out as an audience member and you see something different or experience something differently. And I think that goes for the describers as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Fantastic. And you said the show every night is different this particular show, you would notice something different because there's so much. Absolutely. And and that's the difficult thing with description, right? Not only are you really describing the visual elements, but describers, you can hear in their voice the emotion and the mm. energy behind the work. And that is really only something that you can experience live in the room. Yes. Oh, this is why we miss performances so much during the pandemic. (laughs) Nathan, tell us where we can go to get more information and most importantly, get tickets. 
Absolutely. You can get all of the information, including purchasing your tickets at tolive.com. There is also a phone number uh, that you can call to book your tickets, which is 416-366-7723 or by emailing boxoffice at tolive.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Nathan. I hope you have Thank a you great turnout. Awesome. Thanks, Ramya. Thanks, Good. Kelly. Take care. Good luck. Thanks. TO Live Programming and Coordinator Nathan Sartori joining us for this conversation about Broken Chord. Uh, this is a performance happening at the Bluma Appel Theatre downtown. Such a fantastic place to be, and the St. Lawrence Market is just around the corner. Also, it's audio described on March 11th, so go check out that performance specifically. Um, and remember to call ahead of time regardless because you want to reserve your devices. And it's interesting because there's so much for a describer to take in. Watching video, watching the performances, you'll hear that excitement if you make it that night. So for sure, that'll come through. Up next, folks, we wrap up the show. We'll see what's going on now with Dave Brown and tell you a little bit about the Thursday edition of Kelly and Ramya. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Thanks for being with us. Ramya Muth and Kelly McDonald, hosts of the program. And it's that time of year, ladies and gentlemen. Students out there not only applying for school, but it's your time to apply for the 2023 AMI Scholarship Program. Selected entrants will receive a $5,000 bursary and a queen-size temper cloud mattress. For more information, because you need that, man. You've got so much work to do, you need to be able to sleep in style. For more information, you can visit ami.ca slash scholarship. Always love this time of the year. Uh, I think I mentioned, Rumi, I had an opportunity to go through scholarships uh, applications. Um, last year, we were kind of cutting. Was it know, last year? Wow, nice. I think it was last year. Maybe, yeah, I think it was. And it was really amazing. Um, some pretty amazing people out there. Some pretty amazing applications. Some pretty amazing goals people have for their their life, their future, what they want to do, what contributions mm -hmm. they want to make. Uh, overall, just tremendously impressive. Yeah, great stories, and we will get to talk to uh, one or maybe more people on the show. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, it's really nice when you when you when they award it. And we get to hear what the person's planning to do, what difference it makes in their lives. So we'll uh, mention that uh, as the buildup. We'll remind you to get your applications in as we do every year. On the show today, Ramya, anything you want to suggest people run back to the podcast to check out? Oh, you know, talking YMCA was really great with Margaret Weldon on In the Know. Uh, just the background information, you know, the kinds of supports that the YMCA still continues to offer people. Uh, and it goes way beyond just the, the physical fitness and the working out facility. There are lots of programs for families and newcomers and also the localities that they focus on. You know, if it's a, a Toronto location, they try to understand the communities that they're wanting to serve and in, on a, in what ways. So that was really great information. When there were so many around, there's so many neighborhoods and you had that neighborhood uh, YMCA and stuff like mm -hmm. that back in the days and that was so much their goal. Also check out Grant Hardy. We had a great conversation. I'm all about, sometimes when we get into these conversations, we, we all have our own viewpoint we come at it in different ways and i think we got into a really interesting co uh, conversation about floating bus stops and low vision blind people trying to make those crossings across bike lanes and uh, some of the issues that come with that and of course dangers tomorrow morning now with dave brown's on the air on ami tv beginning at 9 a.m in the morning paul daniel one of the producers for the show he joins us paul how are you sir welcome back Hey, hey, Kelly. I'm 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 doing fine. I hope you're doing equally well. On tomorrow's show, you, uh, we'll talk. Oh, we'll talk, we can hope, right? We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk to, <laughs> to an organizer uh, who is behind a campaign to encourage people to think of, think differently about charitable giving, both when they're alive and when they're not alive, when they pass mm. on. Okay. Stephen Scott For from sure. Double Tap will tell us about a about new augmented reality glasses that can provide live captioning. And Jenny Bovard discusses the practice of authorities using genetic and DNA data from online services to solve cold cases. She'll talk about the, about the pluses of this approach and whether or not it's a privacy approach, privacy overreach by law enforcement. Uh-oh. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And, and we hear yeah. about some of those things. And the virtual stuff always just makes me, wow, wow, what yeah. we could do if we could see. Um, also, Paul, I love this, the donation stuff or where yeah. you're going to leave your money to, who you could help. Uh, really wonderful sure. topics tomorrow on the program. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you Take care, Kelly. tomorrow. Unless you're watching Gunther's Billions. Oh, Gunther's Billions. <laughs> stay, stay healthy, Kelly. Stay healthy, right? Ooh. Oh, always will. <laughs> Not leaving anything to anybody, so forget it. Uh, Folks, (laughs) Folks, you can check out Now with Dave Brown, 9 a.m. in the morning on AMI-tv. You can also like our show, find it available as a podcast. Simply subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. And Ramya, looking at our show tomorrow when we return at 2 p.m. Eastern time, what in the world? Grant will be back, and we'll have a little fun with him. We'll have him at a different time, though, because Nick Alberga is joining us on the program tomorrow to talk a little hockey. So do join us for Grant and Nick, as a matter of fact. All right. Cheating. You're only supposed to give one. But Michael Fair is also joining us to talk audio dramas. And tomorrow, it's graphic audio's adaptation of Bookman History's trilogy of fantasy adventures. I'm really looking forward to that one. He's reviewing the first title. You worry about reading his book for the month of March. All nine stories. And you know, folks, we will tell you, remind you, and get you doing the same thing. And uh, I'll give you a hint, folks. Certainly isn't hockey, so you won't find Jeff Ryman or Nick Alberga checking that out either. Ramya, we'll catch you tomorrow on the program when we start at 2 p.m. Eastern. Catch you tomorrow, Kells. And as for you, ladies and gentlemen, no matter how you consume the show and at what time, we appreciate you being with us. Fedora's off to you. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Have a wonderful night. Talk to you tomorrow. Well, I'm trying to get settled back in. Uh, After being off of the show for four days, I really feel it. (laughs) And I actually unplugged. I mean, I had work I was doing behind scenes um, for for the company, even though I was taking some time also to use up uh, vacation days. But mostly, I had an independent project that I was working on, and uh, that was really fun. Um, But, you know, going back to the show always feels so strange. And with Ramya and I doing the alternating and hosting, you know, I left on a Ramya hosting day. So then she took care of everything for the rest of the week. Does my hosting gig on the Monday, does hers on the Tuesday once I'm back. So this being Wednesday, wow. You know, you talk getting back on the saddle, settle back in for the show itself. But now it's getting back on hosting and it's a total different mindset. I was thinking that it's like when I did theater and I remember doing rehearsals and a director saying, cut, cut. What are you doing? What? Kelly, what are you doing? Well, I'm standing here listening to, to, to them talk. I'm, I'm doing my scene. I, what do you mean? Why are you moving around? Oh, well, I was just kind of shrugging, just kind of finding something to do while I'm standing listening to this other character speak. Why? Move for a purpose. Don't move because... because What? It seems like a long time? You're rehearsing. It's going to seem like a long time. And you know, there are times doing the show where you sit there, and of course, our guests are the most important. Let them get in what they have to say. We have cut for time for us to chatter on. Um, But being so used to six years of hosting and being the lead host, and then taking that step back on the days that Rum is is the lead host, I'm still struggling and you can probably still see it. it. It probably even for some of you out there still feels, wow, it's just a bit different than the way they, they used to do the show. And we know new show, new time, new audience members who you know uh, are finding us, which we appreciate wherever you are and how you're consuming the show. But yeah, I think for me at this time, I've moved on from worrying about every expression on my face or being caught wiping my nose or something like that. Uh, by the camera when I think it's not on me, I think now I'm into just what do you do with yourself? And most time I just settle back and always rely on Old Faithful. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Listen.